So here's a question for you. Would you benefit from ongoing support to improve your bottom line and ultimately help you master the business of practice ownership? Tracy Trepesky International offers you a proven, impeccably designed method to scale your practice while preserving your most precious assets, your time and energy. We blend business consulting with executive leadership to bring you what you need most to help you become an agile, entrepreneurial CEO while serving your patients with the utmost attention to their care. You receive individualized coaching and support from me and our professional team, providing the best of business consulting and executive leadership coaching to grow your practice without working more. Schedule your complimentary 45-minute strategy call at tracytrapesky.com. Welcome to Thriving Practice. I'm your host, Tracy Trapesky, and I can't wait to introduce you to our incredible guests and to share business tips and strategies that will help make your life easier and support you in becoming the exquisitely fulfilled CEO you're meant to be. I am on a mission to help practice owners take back one day per week for the rest of their careers so they can focus on healing their patients and maximizing their profits. No more sacrificing your personal life or feeling burnt out. It's time to take back control and create the practice of your dreams. Whether you're a seasoned provider or just starting out, this podcast is your go-to resource for actionable advice and inspiration. Together, we'll uncover the hidden potentials within your practice and propel you towards the success and freedom you crave. So if you're ready to transform your practice, make a lasting impact and reclaim that one day per week for yourself, then you're in the right place. Let's embark on this journey together. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Practice, the podcast that's your guiding light through the intricate world of healthcare practice leadership. It's me, Tracy, and I am absolutely thrilled to share this episode with you today. We are so fortunate to have a truly exceptional guest with us, someone who's redefining the way we approach health and performance as professionals. Meet Ollie Wood, a health expert whose vast expertise encompasses everything from health and performance coaching for business professionals to gut health, biomechanics, leadership, mindfulness, and nutrition. Ollie is the brilliant mind behind Body Reset, where he's earned a reputation for seeing the big picture when it comes to health and well-being. Instead of endorsing the all-or-nothing approach, he's collaborated with world-leading experts in exercise, nutrition, biochemistry, and coaching to craft a more scientific and sustainable path to health and peak performance. During our conversation, we explored the concept of focusing on energy rather than using the traditional slogging, air quotes here, slogging at the gym to, or striving for a specific body size. Ollie shared his unique perspective, emphasizing the often overlooked aspects of health, including gut health, nutrition, exercise, and mindset. One of the core themes that emerged from our discussion was the crucial question that Ollie asks, which is this, are you doing this to yourself or for yourself? Now, this question serves as the cornerstone of a holistic approach to well-being that Ollie advocates. He also shed light on the importance of data tracking, encouraging clients to monitor their progress by using wearable track trackers or other methods. It's not just about the numbers on the scale, it's about examining blood panels and various markers to gauge improvement in overall well-being. 
We also tackled the common misconception uh, that calories in, calories out is the be-all and end-all of health and weight management. Ollie offered an insightful analogy comparing our bodies to cars. We actually talked about cars quite a bit. (laughs) It's not just about fuel. It's about the care and maintenance too, because after all, while you can replace a car, you cannot replace your body. Ollie left us with a powerful question to ponder, which is how are you adding joy into your day? This simple yet profound query invites us to reevaluate our priorities and focus on the aspects of that, of the life that truly matter. Mm. Ollie left us with a powerful question to ponder. How are you adding joy into your day? This simple yet profound query invites us to reevaluate our priorities and focus on the aspects of life that truly matter. Throughout our conversation, Ollie emphasized the importance of listening to our bodies, whether it's a gentle tickle, a whack or wake up call, or a full on truck hitting us. Our bodies are constantly communicating with us and it's up to us to pay attention. As we wrapped up our enlightening conversation, Ollie shared some parting wisdom that I believe will resonate deeply with you. Again, asking the question, are you doing this to yourself or for yourself? In order to achieve lasting change, he encourages breaking things down into micro habits and building the engine of well-being from there. So, dear listeners, if you're ready to start or continue your journey toward a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life and practice, this episode is for you. Listen in as we explore the latest trends, insights, and strategies in healthcare practice leadership. So you know what to do now. Grab a beverage or a snack and listen to the wisdom of Hollywood. Ollie, it is so good to have you on the show. Thank you for coming today. Yeah, thanks, Tracy. It's really good to be here. Well, I'm really excited to share just everything that we've just been talking about and dive in. Before we do, everybody's going to want to know, where are you right now in the world? Yeah, so I'm down in Wellington, New Zealand, uh, which is New Zealand, not Australia. So uh, that's where I'm based and where I think we've worked out about 15 hours behind, but it actually works out uh, easier to talk to uh, people in the US because we're kind of closer or like further away hours wise, but closer to actually talking hours. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I was, as I was telling you, it's really hard for me to coordinate sometimes with people in Australia just because mm. the time difference isn't quite enough right? It needs to be a little bit less or a little bit more in order for us to be able to make it work where we're not, um, you know, middle of the night talking. So I'm so glad that it's morning for you tomorrow and it's afternoon today for me. (laughs) (laughs) You're in tomorrow. Um, Well, I'm really excited to share with our listeners what you do. So I think probably a great place to start would be tell us about your company and what you do. And then I think we can take it from there. Yeah, so for my company's kind of being a morph over time into a, a sort of expansion into the areas that we feel uh, most people aren't addressing. And I think for for me, I actually started off in much more of a personal training background. So it was very much exercise and how do I focus on uh, maximizing the 30, 40 or 60 minutes that they're spending in a gym. And I think over time that became a natural uh awareness to how little I was actually looking at at, in regards to the bigger picture, right? If you're walking through with that level of stress and inflammation and just lack of awareness of your own body, then slogging yourself in the gym or sweating and working hard and all these things uh, become simply more stress to the body rather than necessarily helpful. So where we've got to now, we run a company called Body Reset, 
And it's very much a collection of experts in more of the uh, natural health space. So being more the gut health and nutrition, being more the exercise, muscle contraction and movement. And then, of course, that psychological and really supporting more of the mindset, the awareness of regulating the nervous system and what we may have control over that can really assist in managing stress, having awareness of sleep routines, that sort of thing, so that we can actually get your body back on your side. So a big discussion there, and I'm sure everyone on this call has heard this before with the classic diets or boot camps is we're, we're kind of putting more stress on the body and we're forcing it to, to change in a very short amount of time, which means we're not really developing anything that's really going to solidify, you know, roots in the ground to hold this happening long-term. So our approach is built around, you know, health first, rather than just trying to drop body fat quickly or force the body to change uh, and just considering some of those other variables so that the, the humans become healthier, happier humans rather than just smaller humans. Mm. I love that. Become healthier, happier rather than just becoming small. I I may have said something derogatory about the diet industry earlier today. <laughs> 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 and a lot of it had to do with shrinking, right? With yeah. shrinking ourselves. So I love this concept of like, we don't we don't really have a whole lot if we don't have our health and if we can optimize our health and, and these are my words, this may not be how you word it, but like set the conditions for the body to heal itself and enter its optimal Perfect. health. So yes. much can open up. And I think, you know, one of the things that intrigued me about what you do and, and made me want to have you on the show is to like share with our listeners that that connection is imperative and if we're not taking excellent care of ourselves, our business, and with respect to our listeners, your patients will suffer and will not get the full benefit of all the awesomeness that one can bring to the table when they're optimized. And so I'm really interested to hear about you know your approach and maybe even if you have a success story that you want to share with us, I think that would be helpful too, because it can feel overwhelming as we were saying, you know, in the green rooms, like it can feel overwhelming to think, okay, so um nutrition, exercise, mindset, psychology, reducing stress. These are all things that we're told all the time, right? And no mm -hmm. shade to doctors. We go to the doctor and they're like, you know, eat better, exercise more, reduce your stress. And then comes the how. <laughs> this is where, oh. you know, I believe that you and, and your team come in. So um, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what is it like working with these? So you work mostly with, with um, people in their 40s and 50s like professionals, mm -hmm. and then people who might be in like the diabetic or pre-diabetic space. Is that correct? Yeah. So both of those areas, I think there's so many we things we can dive into there. But the first part is, yeah, in the in the regards to shrinking, right? Like most people, uh, when they get into the sort of health and wellness space, it's going to be more of a, I need to drop body fat, right? But yeah. as you said, with shrinking, I think that's a good use of the word is, we start looking at, well, what are we actually shrinking? In a lot of cases, we're shrinking our metabolism. We're shrinking our ability to burn fat long-term and all of those health markers that go with it. And for us, we do a lot of um, work alongside doctors in regards to like, what's happening with their blood panels and how do we make sure that we're we're getting this person to be healthier rather than just shrinking, right? And that I'm sure many of you have seen that before where people have gone through some new weird and wacky diet and their liver markers have shot or their thyroid markers are all over show, whatever it might be, because they constantly dip and dive with their intake and the stress levels and all these other areas that come into, right? So I think just making people more aware of the overall uh, systemic stresses on the body that something like that is doing, and then having a discussion around the anchors that we can put in place to make sure that your body, one, changes 
and it feels like it's happening with you rather than forcing your body to change and you feel like you're constantly battling it. So that relationship, mm-hmm. that discussion, I think is a really good one to have. So talking through more the mental health and the regulating nervous system and just being able to manage some version of routine that allows that to be for you rather than against you, I think is a fantastic place to start. And I think uh, all of you listening to this call, you'll focus on your patients right away, but this is very much for you as well, which is, are you doing it for you or to you, right? And Mm -hmm. I think just having that discussion of, as a business owner and busy professionals are very much the target market we work with every day. And I think that discussion of we focus so much on the immediate important stuff in front of us that it becomes so easy to just throw health off the list for today, right? And when, you know, I haven't gone through a medical practice, but I'm I'm aware of how often that becomes a, a, a long night or a skipped meals or another boost of caffeine. That's all that accumulated stress on your body, right? And the reason we work with our clients in that mid 40s, 50s space is you're really getting to a point where things aren't responding like they used to. And when you were studying back in your 20s, well, you were made of rubber and magic, right? So getting to the <laughs> point now of things are feeling a little bit more tired, a little bit more run down, and that self-care routine does actually play a bigger role. And when you look at your health as being very much your key asset to you running and operating a key practice in a way that you aren't reactive, you can clearly think, you can communicate in a way that feels compassionate, that's going to come from a good night's sleep and fueling the body well, right? So it all comes back down to how you conduct yourself as a business owner and what those first steps look like as well. I think it's important just to kind of reiterate what you were saying is like highlighting this piece of it doesn't have to be what you're doing to yourself, but what you're doing for yourself. And I am a very firm believer that when we do things that create a sense of ease, even if it's a new routine that we kind of have to work out for a bit, our body will respond as our stress levels come down. I really think like stress plays a huge part in a lot of the things that go awry in our bodies. And I think it accumulates by the time we yep. get into our 40s and 50s. And mm. uh, I may have recently turned 50. So like we see it, right? I mean, I, I see it. I can tell it takes longer to recover from things that are hard on the body and or hard on the mind. And so if we, how does one do that? Do they start, like, do you start in a particular place with a client or with like, so we have all these areas, right? You have nutrition, yep. you have the, the whole picture. Where do you start yep. with a client when they come to you? Let's say they're, mm, in their 40s or early 50s, they're pre-diabetic or like, you know, have yeah. a metabolism issue going on. Where do you start? Yeah, I think a big part is making a profile around the client of what's going to motivate them best. And we talked about this before we started as well of, well, let's have a discussion around what's actually going to work long term. Because just telling you to have no sugar, no alcohol, no fun, and just make sure that you eat chicken and broccoli, <laughs> that becomes a discussion of... <laughs> Well, you may get some results, but is that something you either enjoy or will do long term? Probably not. So building those routines around something that you do get some sort of positive feedback loop. So it could be a morning walk or a stretch. It could be a way of winding down and seeing your sleep quality improve. But I'm going to assume, because it certainly happens with a lot of business owners, and I think practice owners would would just be this more this way inclined also, is what markers and feedback loops can you provide for yourself? So rather than just tracking uh, you know, blood pressure and sugar control every now and then, what could we look at? I'm, I'm quite a big fan of wearables. I, ironically, I'm running a test at the moment. I've got the Aura and the Whoop band on at the same time, oh, nice. uh, testing the difference between the two. But, uh, you know, things like your breathing rates, things like your HRV, things like your sleep quality, right? That can all give us quite instant feedback loops or day by day, 
what things are improving, what things are moving the needle in the right direction. So I think if you're able to look at the the non-sexy stuff, like are you drinking enough water in the morning? Are you going for a walk? Are you contracting some muscles and creating some challenge in your day? Uh, and then at the end of the day, it's a case of you know time without screens, being able to wind down and get a good night's you know restorative sleep. Those are all things that I think we all intuitively know, but we don't do. And I think that's in itself its own discussion, which is, you know, we give better advice than we take <laughs> or that we could give ourselves. And I think that that's a huge part of it. But to break that cycle down, I think what numbers are you tracking? What are you measuring? Can be a really nice way to uh, you as a business owner, give yourself your own accountability because those numbers won't lie. Right. Data doesn't lie. This is something that, you know, we need to remember. We don't have mm-hmm. to like what we've seen, but facts are facts, right? <laughs> so interesting. And so it's so much less, again, about the, about shrinking, mm-hmm. even if that's a byproduct. If a, So I don't like to say losing weight because I'm like, what happens in our brains when we lose our keys or we misplace our cell phone? We're frantically yeah. trying to find it. <laughs> so I wonder yeah. if we try to lose weight, if it's trying to find us, right? So maybe we mm-hmm. need to reduce it. But it, rather than focusing on a reduction of the number on the scale or the, even the size of the clothing, it's more about what, where can you see the improvements? And I think also like it takes a while for it to show up, to actually show up on the body as a reduction yeah. in weight or a change in size or clothing or whatever. So interesting. Yeah. So coming coming back to your point before as well, like a, a story and sharing around what that looks like for a lot of people, you know, I think this is sh- sh- thrown around a lot around the identity that you need to kind of move into, but I think it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And we had a client recently who was, you know, in that significantly obese category, right? And really being able to lose, you know, 30, 40, 50 kilos. So we're looking at 40, uh, sorry, 80, 100, 120 pounds. Mm -hmm. This really becomes a space where that doesn't just become what you eat for breakfast, right? Like that's very much an identity shift of like who and how you perceive yourself and then what you do to conduct yourself in that day. And I think this comes back to an earlier point of how we're able to start with health before the the diets uh, or even instead of. It's because we we meet them front on with you're, you're motivated to make a change because you're at a level of pain that you finally have hit the threshold that you must change, right? And for mo- some people, that's they've put on five kilos. Some people, it's their first heart attack, right? Or somewhere in between. Like it's everyone has, unfortunately, a difference in that threshold. And that means that some people leave it quite late. And we mm-hmm. use quite regularly the the tickle, the whack, or the truck, right? The tickle is the, I've been working a little hard lately and I've got this bit of a tweak in my lower back that's annoying me. The The whack is the... Uh, I jumped on the scales or I had that photo and wow, is that how I look or how I feel, right? And then the you don't listen, you keep not listening and then you get the full-blown truck, right? That's the doctor's visit and you're back on you know a new medication or your blood pressure's through the roof or whatever that might be, which is a, how did I miss this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just those level of levels of awareness that we talked about that really comes back down to, it's not really just what you ate today, it's your identity and how you view yourself overall. So you've absolutely hit the point on the head, which is, it shouldn't just be a scale weight because you don't stand around or walk around with that on your head. It's how do I want to feel? What do I want to do? And what does that look like long term? So coming back to this analogy of or, or the story of the guy losing a you know a significant amount of weight, pretty much half his body weight. The the one line from that that really stuck with me when walking through like you know what really made you stay on this path, really lose this weight because clearly you're looking at yourself differently now. And he's, he just looked straight down the, the camera and said, 
I had to kill the old version of myself. And it was really that space of, in you know, a remolding of who I want to be, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to assume most of you, most of you <laughs> probably don't have 50 kilos or 100 pounds to lose, but it's still a really great discussion to have around, well, how do I perceive myself? Do I perceive myself as the business owner, as the athlete, as the person that has to show up every day consistently at high performance? Or am I seeing myself as as just another tool, another cog in the works of just grinding through the things that need to happen, right? And it's probably the second one if you actually think about it. Mm-hmm. So being able to look at that through more of a compassionate and self-love lens, that's not a everyday needing a manicure. That's doing the hard things that need to happen for your own health so that you can show up for you. Uh, and I think that's a whole you know redefining of that word self-love is it's actually just making sure you're part of your day so you can show up as a more effective uh, more confident, more clear-headed leader. I would imagine that the results that your clients get are lasting because it becomes more, it's sort of cliche because we hear it all the time, but it's more lifestyle. It's the habits yep. they've habituated, how they see themselves, and then how they're going to show up to be themselves. Totally. Yeah. You know, if you start um, improving your energy, you get better sleep, you start getting job promotions, you start getting compliments from your kids, you start going for that mountain bike in the weekend, like, why would you stop? You know, it's no longer right. about the scale weight. It's like, oh, that was a byproduct because I'm feeling awesome. Yeah. And I, I've i never met someone who says, I don't want to feel awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've met plenty of people who are like, you know, I wish I weighed this much or this many, whatever, but I've never met a single person who has said, I don't want to feel awesome. I mean, most people, and I think middle age, sort of this middle age group that you choose to work with, sort of, you know, later career, um, may have, may or may not have, you know, aging parents or kids that they're raising or wherever they are in their lives at this stage, something shifts. Like the milestone birthdays do some of that shifting for us. But we start yeah. to look at life differently. And certainly with like our clients, we see them coming in saying, I want to be able to, I want to be able to do what I do. The at the highest level possible without killing myself for it. And some of them are, you know, entering stages of burnout and they're they're getting concerned about their health or they've had a health scare and then they decide to recalibrate things. And so I want our listeners to really hear this, that you have the opportunity. I think it doesn't have to be, you don't have to do insanity type. I think something, there's actually a workout called insanity. Like you don't have to do crazy stuff. Really it's start tracking, start noticing gather data. Most of our listeners are going to be scientists. You're going to be great at looking at data. And I think in a way, maybe it takes some of the judgment out of it. And now it's just start, you start looking for solutions to maybe what's not, you know, if you don't like your sleep score, you don't like what you're seeing in your breathing patterns or your heart rate while you're sleeping or whatever you, there are ways to make adjustments to support that and to start seeing that change. And you know, the rest comes, the glowy skin, the reduction in weight, all of that starts to come with it. So when we feel yeah, better, we make better choices, right? Totally. And if you're listening yeah. to this podcast right now, that you're already growth-minded, right? Like you're aware mm-hmm. that there's more to this. There's all of these avenues that I don't pretend to know all of them. I just know that I'm walking down the path of understanding that there's more to it than just exercise, right? Which was 10 yeah. years ago. And being able to look at things like breathing rate and realizing that most people are mildly hyperventilating, <laughs> um, that has an impact on digestion, on sleep, on brain fog, like all of those things. But you know, coming back to that point of somewhere in your mid-40s and 50s, something shifts about how you look at life. And this mm-hmm. discussion I've had with plenty of clients 
where what we're really doing is we're extending time horizons. And I think it's a really beautiful discussion to have because it, and this is why I love talking to business owners as well, because it it ties in so closely to how they look at business, how they look at money, how they look at growth, all of these areas of what that new really or potentially redefining of success actually looks like because time horizons change, right? And it's no longer right. how much did I make this week or this month or whatever. It's a case of, well, what's this business really doing? Where is it heading? How are we leading? What do people think about us uh, potentially? Uh, and what part do I play in this, right? What does this look like after me, right? All of those discussions become longer time horizons. And when you're looking at that through your own personal health as well, you stop looking at the four-week you know, diet and you start looking at how do I feel and look at 70 and 80. Uh, and I know that there are anchors that, you know, I can apply today or not that make a significant difference to how I feel in 20, 30 years. And if I'm going to have more of a proactive approach, more of a growth minded aspect of that, I understand that a lot of the actions I have today are probably unhelpful to what that looks like in 20 years that I can actually control. I think this is something that, again, like you mentioned, our listeners can can and you know I don't like to should on people but I'm going to yep. now ought to yeah you know <laughs> look, look at taking on for themselves but also you know I'm not saying that every provider needs to be offering all this advice or creating programs for their patients or anything but even just listening to this and looking at it a little bit differently it's not just calories in calories out particularly for people in middle age like a lot of times it's inflammation different things going on it has nothing to do with what with maybe it's what they're eating but how much they're eating right mm. it's not necessarily calories so much as it is how the body is taking in the nutrients to hear this and maybe do a little investigating to help your your patients um kind of grab hold of their own health and well-being as well and be a little bit more informed because everything that we've been taught um unless we've been doing more holistic investigation and looking at what happens with nutrition has been just x number of calories in x number of calories out you're good to go and maybe right. that's good as you were saying we're made of rubber and magic in our 20s that's hilarious that i've never yeah. heard that <laughs> but it's true right i mean yeah. We ate cookies and ramen in university, yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> probably drank too much alcohol. Like, that's just what we did. And somehow we managed, most of us, to have a healthy weight and not mess up our bodies completely. Uh, but that's not the same as we get older. Yeah. And just on that point as well, like, the a, a saying that's really stuck with me is, you know, if you think it's all about calories in, calories out, you're you're 90% right and 100% wrong. And it becomes uh, a really great discussion to have yeah. around what you've just said, right? Which is... Uh, I, I could probably confidently I could confidently tell you that at least sixty percent of our women clients are not eating enough and they need to drop body fat. Right. So already we're having a discussion of like, hang on, what part of this equation isn't working anymore? Because right. they're malnourished, they're not eating enough protein, they're not yeah having enough to to actually uh, function and fire on a day to day basis. Right. So it's this building the engine discussion that we're trying to have around building back an actual metabolism that's going to be helpful. And I talk about it, you know, getting the, the Prius engine to get back to the Mustang or back to the Ferrari, like getting back to actually having enough cylinders to burn off the body fat you're working with, like nourishing, supporting, and fueling rather than starving. And if people mm -hmm. were being doing that for 20 years, just another diet and and going into a deficit is not going to be your your version of success long term. I think that's really interesting. And I think it's super interesting that it's primarily your female clients who aren't eating enough. And I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah. Again, 
derogatory in parentheses, things I won't say out loud on the air <laughs> about the well, diet industry and how much that's the, messed the, with people's minds. The, yeah, the numbers, when you look at how many diets um, the average woman has done over a, a certain time period, we're looking at 30, 40, 50 diets in their lifetime, right? So that amount of adjustments in your baseline fuel and the disruptions downstream that that has uh, on your dopamine levels, on your uh, Greenland levels, on like all of these different hormones and and receptors and and functions in the body, that's going to have a pretty big disruption upfield, right? And and yes, we focus on the habits and the simple stuff day to day to regulate and bring that back into the picture. But you know, you know better than me how many different onflow effects something like that has, right? And I think it's. Uh, why certainly when we're talking to more of a perimenopausal menopausal or even post it will uh it'll be a space of self-love more than it mm -hmm. will be hormones because women love to focus on this is hormones but i'm like it's just a byproduct of everything else you've been doing if you focus on this coming through from a place of self-compassion you actually start looking at fueling and nourishing and supporting that body and so that your sleep improves so that your nutrition improves so your body improves it's no longer hormones. This is the problem, right? And absolutely is going to be part of it. Um, and whether, you know, whether things like HRT are coming, we're absolutely like whatever feels best for you, but it's going to be a discussion of in order for that to do the job, you kind of need to have some foundations in place, right? So let's make sure yeah. we have both there. Well, I think it's multi-prong, right? And, yeah. and we need to do that. Always. And I, I heard, I can't remember who said this now, but it was a doctor that I follow uh, on one of the socials it said, you can't heal a body you hate. Beautiful. Yeah. And so that self-love and compassion is such an interesting concept. And it sounds yeah. probably to a lot of people very woo-woo, but I think we can just lay it down. You cannot heal a body you hate. So we have to go to a place of, you know, at the very least being neutral about the body that we inhabit, yeah. at least being neutral. If you can't get to positive, fine. But how about this? I have a body <laughs> and it requires, if I had a Mustang in my garage, that requires a particular kind of fuel and it probably functions better with premium fuel and regular mechanical things. <laughs> <Tune up. laughs> not the best. I'm not too good with cars, not the best, but you know, regular maintenance and, and taking care of it. And, you know, it's not just about keeping it shiny and pretty. I think the right? Tracy, I'm going to go one step further on this actually because the, the the car analogies I use all of the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, uh, you go. <laughs> but the the biggest part of that whole analogy, you nailed it. I'm not going to improve it, but I think the biggest part of that analogy is the Mustang in the garage can be bought, sold, or replaced. You can't. Mm. So you're. Mm. It's the only vehicle you've got. <laughs> so we can talk about, and I think it's very easy to talk about the Mustang or the Ferrari, like you would probably put the best fuel in it. You would probably take it in for a regular service. You'd probably look after it, yeah. but it's still a car that can be replaced. You can't, right? And I think just having that discussion, and I think this very much comes back to the, the business owner, the practice owner, the health provider. You put so much energy into the stuff you do, helping the people you do, um, working with the team you have, keeping this whole thing functioning and firing. As soon as you're not there, all the things you you stress about, you care about, you worry about, get put in a bucket and given to somebody else, right? So if you're not looking after that one vehicle you have, it doesn't get better, right? And I think it's it's always a discussion. We've got uh, you know a whole bunch of coaches that obviously work with our clients, 
And that's the discussion we have more than anything. Like your blind spots, your clients blind spots. Like what are you doing? How are you showing up for you? How are you challenging yourself on a weekly basis? How are you fueling that body? Where are you taking time out for you? And these are all things easier said than done because there's always another client meeting. There's always another request. But where are you anchoring that time like it is another meeting? Uh, and I think just becomes a, a big part of that discussion of just the behavioral aspect and the the attitudes or identities that kind of are interwoven into how you talk that I guarantee will change if you're looking after yourself versus aren't. Yeah. I love that. It's so, it's just so, it seems so simple because it's so easy, I think, to like get swept up in all the hustle and not just hustle culture type thing, but like just the hustle, the pace. And, you know, for our listeners, your training taught you how to be how to work at a really high level with very little input for your own self, right? But that's not sustainable long-term. And something that we work on with our clients is also like, what do you really want? What do you really, really want out of this? And what's it going to take to get there? And then willingness, what are you willing to do of those things that you believe it takes to get you where you want to be? And with respect to well-being, you know, I have my clients, we just did an episode recently, a solo episode where I was saying, you know, if you're going to put things on your list of things to do outside of your normal act, you know, sort of daily activities, let at least two of those things be for your own care mm. and, and put it on your calendar. Like it's an appointment for something else because you would never, you know, no show an important appointment and without extenuating circumstances. So why are we not showing up for ourselves? And it's, you know, there's a lot of pressure not to, there's a lot of pressure to be like, oh, you know, people I'll sleep when I'm dead. No, no, you're not sleeping. Then you're just dead. Like not to be crass, but we don't sleep when we're dead. We're, we leave, <laughs> we're gone. <laughs> so we need to sleep yep. to restore as part of the cycle and we need to take care of ourselves. So I think that's, I think it's, it's great to like reiterate that, right. You don't get to replace this body. We don't get to. Yeah. And I think it is one of those things where uh, as health professionals, like we're, we're in different avenues of the same industry, right. Which is healing and helping people in whatever way we can. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, if you can get a level of passion around what you do on a day-to-day basis, then you're already in the 1%. But being able to have a discussion of what that looks like after your practice or around your practice so that there's other aspects that you're living and breathing and enjoying, um, that's going to be a discussion that shouldn't have to wait until you're 65, right? And being able to look at that as a what, like how am I adding joy into my day, right? Like that's one of those things that as a, a business owner in general, but certainly as a, as, as a health professional, it's so good, to, so easy to get caught up in all the stuff that you're doing for everybody else. Uh, and it's the classic ox- oxygen mask, right? Like you're putting it on everyone else before you're looking after yourself. And I think at some point that does hit you in your face. And if it mm-hmm. is a if it is a mid-40s, 50s discussion, that's probably where you're starting to see the body feel a little bit different. And I've worked with tons of doctors, right? So getting an awareness and we work alongside them every single week, right? So being able to have that discussion of just putting yourself in your client's shoes for a second you know, they've done this study a couple of times now, and it's a fascinating space to really dive into that maybe you can apply is if you if someone was to put you and your family in a particular scenario, uh, get rid of all the names, you didn't know who that person was talking about, and you were to give them advice based on the scenario that was given, you'd probably give really good advice, right? But when that was turned around and put back on like, hey, this is you, do you follow through on your own advice? Well, no. And I think it really becomes a space of the 
doing the stuff that you know needs to be done rather than just falling into the easier option, which sometimes is still the harder option, right? Sometimes it's mm-hmm. easier to continue working rather than get off your bum and go for a walk, right? It's that's what self-care is, is doing the harder thing you know need to be needs to be done that isn't. And I think it that's really where that whole sh- that we talked about it before, but that space of self-love, self-care is very much uh, probably knocking on the door right now. And that doesn't go away. The knock just gets louder. And I think it's just, it's having a discussion of what that looks like after the practice, right? Or Mm -hmm. after work uh, that allows you to make sure that it's happening now. It's an embedded now, because otherwise you end up like the, the athlete that didn't focus on anything but football. And then one foot, once football's finished, they're lost, right? I think Mm -hmm. being able to start to plant those seeds now uh, really allows you to set up what's next and keep that exciting. I love it. Um, this is this is all so good. And I, I suspect that we're going to have some listeners who are going to want to get in touch with you. So how can they find you? What's the best way to get in touch with you and your team? Yeah. Um, hey, if you've joined this far through the discussion, I'm really glad that hopefully parts of this are resonated for you. Uh, best ways to reach out to us, uh, I think bodyreset.online uh, is our main website. We've got a bunch of materials or trainings in there that I think would be really relevant. And if you do want to find a way to uh, intertwine the medical pre- practice with uh, some of these healthy habits that you can actually install with your own clients, even recommend to clients that allow that to be an assistance alongside certain um, uh, recommendations that you're giving. Uh, we've got a free five-day challenge, both male and female, that could be a really easy place to start to give you an awareness of, okay, what does this look like? What are some things that, you know, in five minutes I can give a client that or a patient in your instance um, something to really chew on that's only going to benefit them alongside the prescriptions or, or suggestions that I'm giving. Um, so I think that'd be a fantastic place to go, just bodyreset.online. And if you want to follow us on socials, I think just searching Body Reset or uh, Hollywood, so Hollywood without the H uh, for all the Americans, uh, very easy to find us on our social media uh, to go through anything deeper there as well. Awesome. We'll provide links in the show notes. So you should be able to just click and get where you need to be. Wonderful. Well, do you have any parting wisdom that you'd like to share with us? Like something that you just really want people to know? I think it's what we mentioned before. It's like, are you doing this to you or for you? And I think it just changes your whole perspective on what you do first. Uh, Because when you get that, that nudge, whether it is the tickle, the whack or the truck, Uh, it's usually from a place of pain and you start with that forcing mentality. And I think the question that I would ask is, and this comes directly from, I guess, an inspiration through a lot of the, uh, I guess, the the longer term thinking that we're talking about today is what does what does this look like at 80 for you? What do you still want to be able to keep doing? And I think it just allows you to look at a longer time horizon than next week or next summer. And when you do so, you start to think of the habits that you can start to do today that just become so much easier, so much more sustainable. I'm going to drink a little bit more water. I'm going to maybe have a little bit less alcohol, and I'm probably going to move a little bit more, right? And just being able to look at those things, you know, over a long enough time horizon, you'll be a completely different person, just self-care, looking after those, those main things. And I think your quote today, I've written it down, is beautiful. You can't heal a body you hate. And I think just getting back to that place of those compassionate steps in your day makes a big difference. And I had that we do a mindset call with our clients all the time. And uh, you know, at least once or twice a month. And one of the things that we mentioned there is 
self-care shouldn't just be the holiday in six months. It's so supposed to be those little pockets in every day, right? And I think if it becomes more frequent and more enjoyable, that's the same way that we look at exercise. The reason you can't find a way to exercise is because you're looking for two hours. If I ask you to find 10 minutes, you can find it everywhere. So I think just that whole breaking things down into tiny habits and being able to look at that through not just the exercise lens, but the fueling lens through the joy lens through just that self-care lens you get a lot a lot further in a body you enjoy. Absolutely. Wonderful. Final question for you. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I had? No, I always really love these discussions because it becomes, you know, which way is it going to go and the rabbit holes that we uncover along the way. And I think uh, we, we very much touched on self-care and how that, you know, how you show up. Uh, for yourself is how you show up for your patients is very much a discussion that I think holds true, uh, certainly in the health space. Uh, And I think if that's the one thing you take away, it was a good discussion. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation. I know that our listeners will too. No, I did too. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Thriving Practice. I appreciate you. And I have an ask. If you got value from this show, make sure to share it. You can give a shout out on social media or tell your friends and colleagues about it. You can also subscribe so you never miss a show. To learn more about how we work with practice owners to help them take back their time, head over to tracytrupesky.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter, which has tips and tools for your practice success. A special thanks to our incredible team and thanks to you, our dear listener, for sharing the gift of your time and attention. I wish you so much success as you continue to move forward in your day. If I can be a resource to you, let's schedule a time to talk. You can find the scheduling link on our website.